Hello, my name's Ian Armstrong and I'm a medical physicist from Manchester University NHS Foundation Trust. I'm going to talk a little bit about our paper that we've had accepted into the journal, which is the assessment of motion correction in dynamic H2 rubidium PET with um, and without frame-by-frame -frame adjustment of the attenuation maps for the calculation of myocardial blood flow. So we know that we can have patient motion in perfusion PET, which can lead to have a substantial impact on the uh, myocardial blood flow measurements, which we estimate from the dynamic PET. Now, the A motion that we're interested in in this study is that non-periodic motion, which we would attribute to the side effects of the pharmacological stress wearing off. So we were investigating frame-by-frame -frame motion correction in this study. What we also included in this study was applying that frame-by-frame -frame correction to the attenuation map as well because there are some mixed reports in the literature so we thought it'd be useful to also look at that. So what we did was we took 30 patients, routine rubidium H2 cardiac patients, and we divided them into three groups of motion severity, um, mild and moderate and severe motion. For each one of those cases, we had three different frame-by-frame -frame translation vector sets, which were applied by three different users. And we also applied those same translations to the PET attenuation map as well. So once we'd done that, we calculated the myocardial blood flow in commercial software. We used Siemens Singo MBF. And importantly, what we did is we disabled the automatic motion correction in that software because we were interested in looking at the shifts from the users only because there's a range of software out there from multiple vendors and they handle motion differently. Some handle have manual, some have automated, and some have none. What we also did to, as well was we extracted the spillover values, which is the spillover from that blood pool in the early phase into the um, left ventricle myocardial region of interest. And we generated 17 segment polar maps of that. And we thought that might be a useful QC tool to look how effective the motion correction was. So looking at what we saw, we saw two sort of different um, manifestations of motion. The first one was early on, where if the blood pool was overlying the RCA territory, you got a fairly substantial overestimation of the myocardial blood flow in the RCA territory. And the second case was um, where late on, where the contouring failed and we had a shift in the myocardium outside of the uh, myocardial region. And what we let, saw there was a fairly substantial underestimation of the myocardial blood flow. So two different types. We have overestimation and underestimation. If we take the RCA territory first, we saw that we had about a 23% median change overall. In the, in the higher motion cases. And if we look at the cases in the later phase, we saw about a 65% in certain segments in the anterior wall for underestimation of blood flow. So hopefully, to the best of our knowledge, we think that this is the first case where we looked at, which has looked at the impact of motion or general motion in patient stress with adenosine. There have been some quite a few recent studies in the journal, but these have all looked at regadenosine. And there's been reports in the literature of adenosine producing more substantial motion compared with regadenosine. So I thought that was an interesting thing to try and um, demonstrate in this, in this study. So when we look at the findings, um, we 
are in agreement with other studies that we see substantial impact of myocardial blood flow when we have motion and when we apply motion correction to those cases we get changes fairly substantial changes what we did see was applying the shifts to the attenuation map produced only very minimal changes in the myocardial blood flow and we think that's probably not therefore a necessity which is a good thing because it would involve complete integration into the PET reconstruction system which is not going to be widely available and by the frame by frame adjustment of the PET only can be something that is done post reconstruction so that should be widely available we found that the use of the spillover plots was a very useful tool for QC and the motion correction because if you have no motion or your motion has been corrected effectively what you should have is fairly uniform spillover over the myocardium and this was what we saw when we applied the motion correction um, so what do we think will need to be done next well really as we've pointed out and as have, have others have pointed out there needs to be a focus on management of motion in myocardial blood flow measurements for PET because in order to make this a robust and routinely usable technique you need to have good ways of correcting for patient motion because ultimately patient motion is something that is always going to occur in some degree or other so we find it's very important to be able to correct for this when it does so that we can always have diagnostic quality myocardial blood flow measurements that we can integrate into the clinical reports